Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Joint Airs. I got the airs in the building. What's up, fellas? What's up, man? What's up? What's oh, up? Oh, man, y'all know we've been getting it in as usual, doing our thing, man. But we are coming together for another episode. Uh, man, it's a lot going on. A lot been going on in our world, uh, our society. Everything's been, um, you know, as we like to say uh, from a biblical standpoint, it's been some perilous times that we are seeing right now. Um, man, a lot. A lot. And just trying to process it all. I got people that's close to a lot of these situations, man. And it's one thing to be able to experience it from a distance, but to connect with people that I've already been in in fellowship with in one way or another, to connect with them and hear how they're hurting and hear the pain on, I guess what you would say, ground zero. um, It kind of shakes me up even more. Because I'm like, yeah, it, you know, you feel for, for these human tragedies and things that's happened amongst us. But, but then when you hear people's voices who are saying, man, this just wasn't just something I saw on the news. This happened in my neighborhood. Yeah, that's... You know what I'm saying? It, it hits different. And so it, it makes it for me, man, even more, uh, you know, pertinent, even, even more of a, a greater importance that we uphold, the, you know, what we say we believe in. And that we actually live it and that we actually do what we got to do to touch every life that we can touch while we have the opportunity to do it. Because we just don't know, um, you know, from one day to the next and people are experiencing some real things. So our our hearts and our minds and our prayers have already been doing so, but we're just publicly announcing it's going out to to the Buffalo community and all these communities uh, that are facing things that, that are publicized. Um, you know, that we don't find out through the media, but but it's it's tragic, you know, all the same. Um, so just wanted to 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 start there, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, giving the thoughts and prayers out to to those who are going through because it's real. Um and and for for the show today, man, um <laughs> it's a lot of things happening once again, but uh here here lately you've really been looking at um, you know, idolatry in a whole. Because, um, you know, first of all, understanding it and what it is. And Pastor, you know, you help us out with that, of course, from a biblical standpoint, really breaking down what is idolatry and then why it's important for us to see it for what it is and and understanding the dangers of it and how it can affect us because it's affecting us. You know, um, whether we realize it or not, it's definitely affecting us. Um, But America in particular is full of a lot of, um, entertaining things, mm-hmm. you know, fun things, you know, political things, even, you know, there's a lot of things that are categorized and, and packaged up nicely. Right. But if we're not careful, we will go after those things with all the energy that we should go after God with, mm-hmm. you know? So I guess Pastor, we had to start like, you know, from a biblical standpoint, what, 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 how would we define an idol or idolatry? Um, well, to me, b- b- before I respond to that, I'd also like to express my um, uh, my heart goes out to the city of Buffalo, and uh, we're definitely praying for those families, and uh, we just pray that the, the love of Jesus Christ will prevail over the spirit of hatred that's contending in our country, so yes. I wanted to put that out there. But uh, a simple definition for idolatry is anything that you place before God, anything anything that you esteem higher than the creator of the universe. 
And you can do that intentionally, purpose, purposely, um, and then it can happen subtly mm-hmm. without you even realizing it. You know, you can put your car before God. You can put your family before God. You can put TV before God. You can put social media before God. You can put yourself before God. Mm-hmm. So anything that you esteem higher than God, anything that takes the place of God in your heart mm-hmm. is a simple definition of idolatry. Because a lot of times we think about, and I, and then when you think of idolatry, you think of a form of worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, worship is just not the, the 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 bowing of the knee and the lifting of the hands. Those are acts of worship in a uh, church setting. But worship can be uh, your conduct. Mm-hmm. Your, your worship is expressed in your speech, the mm-hmm. way you carry yourself. Um, you know, whatever your ideology is. That's right. That's know, right. Conformed by yeah. Right. Right. So who we are, what we say, how we act comes from the heart. Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaker. I've heard people cuss like a sailor and say, I, you know, I know I said what I said, but <laughs> God knows my heart. Yeah, you know, that, well, yeah. Jesus said what's in your heart come, come out of your out. mouth. That's you right. Know? That's right. But anyway, that's I, just kind of with idolatry. You just have to just make sure, you know, like, for example, if, if I was guilty of it, you know, if anybody know me, I love my kids. Love my grandbabies. You look at my Facebook page. I'm always posting something about my grandbabies. Yeah, or my kids. I love them dearly. So if 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 there is an area in my life that I would say God may have to reprove me or rebuke me concerning idolatry, it probably would be family. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd have to make sure I keep that in that perspective. Would be me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be me. Huh? Definitely, right. And, and I would even argue because I know you guys personally. You know, I would argue that. <laughs> That's part of why I know that you are who you are in God, because of the way you are with your families. I don't see you elevating your family above God. I see you being who you are in your family because God is who he is in your life. Um, And it's an inspiration, you know, to a person like myself. And that's why I like having my kids around y'all, because I want them to see I'm not the only man out here, you know, who love God, but but also love his family the way God intended. And there are others out here as well. See, look, they're in your lives, too. And they love you with the with the godly love the same way that I do, because they know what that's like, because they seek out God for themselves and they're led by him. Um, cultural, cultural things. I'm seeing that more and more as one of the biggest idols, <clears throat> particularly amongst um, our community. The culture itself has become an idol mm-hmm. because you hear people, I do it for the culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, mm-hmm. I listen, I'm one of the first ones to tell you, man, <clears throat> as a, uh, as a rapper, as a poet, like I love hip hop, mm-hmm. you know? But I don't love hip-hop more than I love God. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things in hip-hop I don't agree with Mm -hmm. because I am in alignment with God. But at one point in time, God was fighting a battle with hip-hop in my Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. to the point where I would go leave the church and in the parking lot crank up my car and turn Tupac to the highest level that I could get (laughs) into. And, you know, and did it on purpose and didn't care who approached me because my argument would be, that the other stuff was weak or whatever. You know, I had my, mm-hmm. because when you have something as an idol, you'll defend it. Right. You know, well, <clears throat> you'll defend it. You'll have all the logic behind why you see it the way you do. 
you know, right. and it wasn't until God was, you know, was able to really speak to me that I allowed him to really come in mm-hmm. and speak to me and show me how out of balance I was that I was able to then see that I was holding hip hop as an idol. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, I didn't give you that gift for that gift to run you. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know. He said, you, that's, that gift is a tool and that mm-hmm. tool is to be used to give me glory. You know what I'm saying? Just as your life, it should give me glory, mm-hmm. you know? And so the, it helped me. But but more than just hip-hop, I'm just using that as an example because that's one of the bigger things. But it's so many other things as well, uh, you know? With me, it's sports, man. I love the game of basketball. Yeah. Um, I played it. First of all, I played when I was in the ninth grade, WC Friday. I was uh, got most viable player. I scored more points than anybody on my team. So, um uh, I, I didn't have to put that out there, I guess. You know, I you know, I, I get a little stuff on the court. Got to hold on to the memory, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but yeah, I love, I, I really enjoy the game of basketball, my wife should tell you. And she often have said, she said, uh, you know, you're going to put the, which, which one, which one, which one do you love the most? Me or basketball? <laughs> neck to neck. Uh, <laughs> no, mean but that. she, she knows mean. better than that. But all, all jokes aside, <laughs> I have to make sure I'm, uh, I put things in perspective when it comes to sports. That's right. Because I can, and trust me, I can sit in front of the TV and watch one basketball game after another, but. You know, thank God for discipline. That's right. Yeah, that's right. What about you? Yeah, for me, it's comedy because I can, I can defend comedians. You know, yeah. I can, I know it's wrong, but yeah. I was just like, okay, that's that's a little clean. It's a dirty joke, but <laughs> you find it, the clean, yeah, the clean in it. The humor, the humor, the humor yeah, in it. any kind of comedy, yeah. any comedian. But yeah. I have to separate myself from it. And right. Yeah. When I do my comedy, I try to keep. Keep it clean, keep yeah. God in it. And yeah. Yeah, that way I can yeah. go to a church function and do this or right. And and you know, I've told you before personally, man, that's one of the things that I buy about you. One of the reasons why I wanted you to be a part of the other heirs, man, because you you balance that so well. And it's not easy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love comedy and you know, it's still hard for me. I don't do comedy, but I love it. And it's still hard for me sometimes to like detach from like a Cat Williams, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Some of the other ones that I really, you know, like and admire and like to listen to. But I had to start really <clears throat> checking myself on that level because it's like, what are you, I mean, yeah, they have some perspective on certain things, especially the cat, because cat keep it real. But it's like, but would you sit this person down and say, teach my kids? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> you wouldn't. Yeah, you're an adult and you can understand things. But when I'm looking at, and this is God, see, you say, when I'm looking at, this is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at babes who are adults because yeah. you got babes in Christ. Mm-hmm. He said, now, what if you sitting there and you fellowshipping with other brothers and sisters who are all, all of y'all saying, and you thinking, oh, yeah, they can, they can handle this. They can separate this. And then you put on something that messes their perspective up. And sets mm-hmm. them back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But see, you know, that's just one example. But of course, the main thing being that, you know, listen, anybody that's not coming straight from my perspective, the perspective of the word, you don't need to have them as a person of influence yeah. in your life. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. You just got to watch your circle. You got to watch your circle. And right. that's, and you know, you know, we think of entertainment sometimes, I think it's just this outside thing, right? You know, that's not really a part of our inward daily, but 
it, it is a voice just like your conscience, everything else is speaking to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just like the, the people in your life, your pastors, your, you know what I'm saying? Counselors, whoever speaks it to your life, whatever entertainment that you, that you surround yourself with speaking in your they're life. They're leaving something there. They're leaving mm -hmm. something there. They're guiding you. They're guiding your emotions. They're guiding your perspective on whatever. Mm -hmm. And God had to show me, man, Tupac is telling you how to feel. And you mm -hmm. don't realize it, you know? And I, and I was like, man, you know, cause I had a, I had a, a lust issue, man. And one of the, one of the songs that I really like, cause I like Tupac and Jodeci back in the day. It was like, how do you want it? How do you feel? <laughs> you know? And he like, man, you don't understand. That's driving your flesh to have certain motives. That's mm -hmm. outside of my will. You know, I think too it's important, and people don't always understand this. And I'm I'm about to get on my own toes. Jesus said, "The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life." I believe that when you release words, whether it's through song, uh, through through preaching, through communicating, there's a tweeting, yeah, writing things, yeah. anything you release. It, it, it's a spiritual release. Mm -hmm. I believe Jesus meant exactly what he said. He said he was talking about himself, but in talking about himself, there's a principle. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So we are instrument under the influence of we, we 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 are we are we are instruments under the under spiritual influence, mm -hmm. be it the Holy Spirit or otherwise, or any other spirit. That's right. right. So if you're listening, if you're listening to somebody who is is under the unction of a spirit, regardless of the beat, regardless of the hook, regardless of the bars, regardless mm -hmm. of the lyrics, mm -hmm. it's going to affect. The inner you. That's right. You know. That's right. Whether you whether you whether you uh, realize that or not. So it's important to make sure that when you listen to certain artists, a lot of times you never know what what spirit was that person under when they did that song. That's right. They might have smoked two blunts, mm -hmm. might have smashed a sister, mm -hmm. and then came to the studio and wrote a song that's that's going out Releasing to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so and it's I, even deeper because some of them actually do mm -hmm. satanic worship. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So it's, it's even deeper than right. just got a messed up life. That, right. You know, right. they, they putting in actual satanic energy in this. Right. Kind of stuff. Right. I, I agree. On 100%. purpose. Right. But here's the thing, though. When that when people know that, then it's almost like you're conscious of it. But I'm just saying that a lot of times it can have sinful and evil, an evil, for lack of a better term, an evil oomph mm -hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. When you don't even realize, yeah, don't even realize because you're preoccupied with beating lyrics, yeah, yeah. And you don't realize that whatever instrument is being used carries spiritual energy. Mm -hmm. We call it vibe, mm -hmm. you know. So you yeah. you have to you have to really. That's why sometimes you ever been in church, and it's just like it, it feels oppressed. Mm -hmm. It's like the atmosphere is heavy. Yep. You're like, man, well, something ain't right. Well, sometimes it's because the church is under spiritual attack. Mm -hmm. Maybe the, the person who's delivering the song yeah. may have issues going on. Mm -hmm. Maybe the pastor might be dealing with depression, but he's trying to carry his job. Yeah. But the real him is coming across into the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And I'm, so that may be a little um, more than what you asked for, but I'm saying we got to really good. be cautious with what we 
what we listen to. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever struggled anything, Paris, as far as like, you know, um, I know you talked about comedy, but as far as any other any other things and from the entertainment standpoint, yeah, struggle with something where it was just hard to put it down and really focus on God. Just women in general. Women. That was my thing. Yeah, I, 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 I was listening to Marcus. Marcus said, uh, I had a lust problem. I was like, welcome to the world yeah, of men. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'm yeah. telling you, it's funny how the things that you idolize, you know, that, that you idolize, it's funny how it does start to shape your worldview mm. and how you look at things. And it begins to become a motivator for everything else that you do in life. Mm -hmm. Because I, I listen to people sometimes and they talk about certain success stories. And, you know, it didn't dawn on me right away until we started to kind of deep dive into certain things. And uh, there was a series, uh, I think the, the past name was John Bevere or something like that. Oh, yeah, John hey, Bevere. Yeah, Bevere, yeah. My wife, she loved John. Yeah, yeah. wife, they both are ministers. She, yeah, the, yeah, it was an amazing series. It was talking about the beta Satan. Um, and, uh, and talking about, you know, the spirit of offense and some of those things. And one of the things that really stuck out and it, I was young, younger in, you know, in my faith at that point in time too. And one of the things that really stuck out was when he talked about how something can start right here as a sin and then it ends up being death, you know, mm -hmm. and the end result. And I was like, man, how many times did mm. something start out as a small thought mm. in my head? And it ended up being an entire act that drove me mm -hmm. the entire week. Yeah. I'm going to work a certain way so I can get things lined up a certain way. Mm -hmm. and, and then I'm going to time it a certain way so that I could be here at a certain time so that I could do a certain thing. Exactly. Yeah. And it was actually driving me. Mm -hmm. But then I turn around and battle with that. And then I would try my best to make, make it to church on Sunday. But sometimes I wouldn't because it was too overwhelming and I got too caught up. So it showed me at that point in time that, hey, the, here's where the idols are up here. God is down here. Mm -hmm. So he's not in control. That's in control. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you would put everything else to the back burner and make sure that God is first. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, you know, when I look at him, I'm like, man, it gets start out so small mm -hmm. and then balloon into this, mm -hmm. this great thing. Think about people who walked into a situation and it started out as a disagreement and then somebody ended up dying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? This young man that did what he did in Buffalo, a seed was planted. That's right. He 18 years old. Yeah. How many 18 year olds, you know, walking around thinking about killing people just like a video game. It had mm -hmm. to be something planted right. that started out just that small. Right. But because things were not in order the way that they need to, and God didn't have the voice he needed to have, that seed grew into what we witnessed. Mm -hmm. And now these people are gone, and he's going to have to face the consequences for this act over something that started as a, as a mere idea planted in a young man's head. He posted the manifesto um, online. I think it, I forget how many pages it was. Yeah, got guys at work talking about it. Yeah, quite a few. He really, he detailed uh, his reasoning, mm -hmm. why he chose to do it. He talked about uh, why he chose that area and why he chose. Yeah. He had monitored. He knew it was a minority area. Mm. He drove two hours from where he lived. He went to that particular area because he knew it was predominantly minorities. Mm -hmm. And uh, but back to what you said about the seed, he had been seeded, mm -hmm. and so. 
when you say what you said about the um from seed to death, mm-hmm. I thought about James 1.15 says, then when lust have conceived, mm. it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bring it forth death. Yes. So that's the passage that kind of yes. jives with what you were, and you that, were saying. And that's really what God was hitting <clears throat> me, man. I mean, I'm talking about hitting me in my in my in my heart of hearts and my soul, man, was showing me how these small things mm-hmm. Are leading to things that are that eventually going to be out of your control mm-hmm. because you fed this beast of of your flesh so much. Oh, you know my what I'm God. saying? That now the struggle is not even a struggle. You think it's a struggle because you're kind of sort of thinking about it, but it's it's almost like your mind already been made up. Yeah, you know what you're going to do. You know do. what I'm, you're going to do. I know what I'm supposed to do, but, but I, I know, know what, what I'm, I'm going to do. do. Yeah, you know what I'm Paul, saying. Paul said to do good is present, but how to perform. I find not. Mm. In other words, I know what I I should do. Mm -hmm. Particularly when it comes to a believer Mm -hmm. falling short. A lot of times we don't do it because we're ignorant. Mm -hmm. We do it because we feel overwhelmed. That's right. And we feel like it's, man, I I can't find relief until I do this. That's right. That's right. Because we we have built the idol up at that point. Mm -hmm. We've built it up. We've given it strength. We've Mm -hmm. given it power. And and because of that, now it dominates, you know, but like I said. The, Cheese tastes good, man. Man, what? That mice, he smell that thing. Wee. He get out there and get the, you know how the mice's little yeah. nose be? Yeah. You, you, if you ever watched it on video, you see him, he walks around the cheese. Mm-hmm. That trap just waiting on him. He keep playing and finally, boom, the, the, it's over. The crazy thing about it is mm-hmm. he may have seen or witnessed another one mm-hmm. get trapped. But yeah, then, but that ain't gonna happen to me. That's where the pride come in. That ain't gonna happen. Oh, not me. No, mm-hmm. I ain't gonna. I ain't get. I used to tell myself, man, I can quit. I nah, I ain't got to. You oh know? my god. And then I would. And then I would get a call at two in the morning, and I'd be on the road. That was me. <laughs> that on was the road, me. driving <laughs> on the way, sleepy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, but I got you. Got I'm to go. I'm going. Go. I'm going. Uh-huh. You know. And it's like one day I realized, man, you ain't got no control. Mm. Because you you ain't you out of whack, you out of order. You know what I'm saying? And and so putting God in the place where He needed to be in my life is what really, and I'm talking about y'all, I was in church. I'm gonna be honest with you, I was in church. You know, I'd be crying and toe up sometimes, but I'd be mm-hmm. in there. That's where I was meeting them at. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was going to meet them. You know, what I'm you know I, I, I had a cousin that used to say. It, we thought it was funny then, but when you really think about the fact that it describes the condition of, if not all, not all, but a large percentage of the church, it's really not funny, but although it was kind of humorous, he would say, now he was, his dad was a pastor who was my, also my first pastor. He would always say, man, when I was down on my luck in the streets and I wanted to, I wanted to hit something, I could always find me something in church. Mm. He wasn't even, he was, even though his dad was a pastor, he was, he was out in the world. He wasn't mm-hmm. active, mm-hmm. but he said when he died, he wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. get intimate with somebody. Mm-hmm. He would always go to the church. Yeah. Yeah. He said sometimes they'd be in there about to tear the church up shouting. He'd take one right out in the car good. while they're in there shouting, good, great. you know. Good, great. But it shows that where our priorities sometimes are way off when it mm-hmm. comes to, you know, the things that we we idolize, you know, the mm-hmm. stuff that we put before God, even our own personal satisfaction, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, our, our own personal loneliness. 
sex, you know, whatever that may be. We get consumed by that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, wanting to, to have that intimacy to be with somebody. It's mm-hmm. For some people, it's not even just about the physical act. It's just the, the point of having somebody in your life, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that's interested in you. You're interested back in them, you know, um, and all those things uh, walk a thin line sometimes and get very difficult because there are so many things emotionally tied to it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's where we really have to engage with our personal relationship with God mm-hmm. and say, listen, if I'm going to do this thing, I really have to do it. I really have to clear out everything and allow God to infiltrate and come in, you know, and, and then everything that I do needs to be patterned after whatever it is that he's teaching me in the word. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't do it like that, I can have like like I always give this analogy, I can have a room that's dedicated to God. But then I got this other room over here that's dedicated to whatever it is. Whatever, whatever you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I got two masters and we know how that go. You say you can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You either going to end up serving one or the other, but you can't serve them both. Somebody's going to get the biggest, the biggest slice of ham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and usually when you flirting with things of the flesh and you're not really putting God where he needs to be, you usually end up put more attention on that flesh and not even realize, Mm -hmm. you know, dominating your thoughts, you know, and everything. So I I know it's very dangerous waters when it comes to idolatry, because for one, sometimes you can have it going on, like, like we alluded to earlier and not really realize it. (laughs) You know, what what can we, what can we say to help somebody who, Mm -hmm. you know, first of all, raise their awareness so they can even see it. And then two, for maybe a person who knows it, but is struggling with that, like, well, what do I do then? You know what I'm saying? How can we help a person come out of that state of, you know, having something before God that's more important than God in their life? But me, it got the, it got the strike home. It mm-hmm. got, you got to see you about to lose something to realize. Mm, that's good. That's good. So it's got to get to a point to where it's costing you something. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I also think, think too, the Bible says we're written epistles read of men, epistle meaning letter, and that the uh, someone said the greatest message we can preach is the life we live. So I think you can inspire people to come out of what they're in by them observing your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think just through, through our, our conduct, our behavior, us surrendering to Christ, allowing him to be the Lord of our life. I always like to put it this way, allowing Christ to sit at the throne of your heart and so that people can see Christ in you, the hope of glory, mm-hmm. and they'll get be inspired to, to come out. Um, you know, Marcus liked to use the analogy about preserving that room, mm-hmm. you know, holding on, holding on to that, that one thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Go back to what I said earlier. Sometimes it's not an issue of ignorance. Now, a lot of people do sin or fall into things because of a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. But to the most of us believers, when a believer falls into something, it's not usually an issue of ignorance, not knowing. It's just a, a issue of, of temperance, self-control, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I think that's big time, man. You know, um, you, you know, kind of coupling those things together. Um, <laughs> it's It's so funny to me sometimes because when I look back over my life, like I see things so much clearer now, but at the time it, it was so 
foggy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then I think that's the danger with getting caught up in, in, you know, any type of idolatry or putting anything before God is that you can start to get the water so muddy that you don't know what's, what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it walks a very thin line. Um, you know, it had gotten to the point to where I was arguing for things and trying to justify stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's very important that we see things for what they are. You know, I think you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired yeah. of mm-hmm. to really change it, you know, but when you get ready to change it, I think you definitely got to let go, be mm-hmm. willing to let go. Like you said, Pastor, let that thing go. Um, I got to that place where I was like, okay, God, I really want to please you mm-hmm. 100%. You know, now I built these things up. So they're here. Yeah. <laughs> they're they here. go from becoming, that's why, you know, I had a mentor of mine years ago. You know, a lot of times when we're dealing with issues, we go to, if we choose to go to somebody, that we respect and admire as a voice of um, mentorship or influence, maybe a pastor or friend that we trust deeply, a lot of times we will talk surface. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with this, this is happening and that's happening, and I'm just trying to get a grip on it. And when I would, we would approach this particular mentor of mine with that, he would let you go on through your whatever you're dealing with. And then at the end, he would say, what's the real issue? Because yeah. what he would say, what, what I'm hearing is the mat, the fruit of decisions you made. Now, let's let's deal with what's causing you to make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. He said, because until we deal with the root, you will always be dealing with the fruit. That's right. He said, because if we don't deal with the root, a year from now, we'll, you'll be talking to me again. More fruit. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I never so forgot sense. that. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, and we talked about that seed mm-hmm. once again. It's where it starts. And then because I and, and it got to where a lot of times when I was struggling with something, I didn't want to go to him. Yeah. Cause in my mind, I just wanted to say, hey, I'm I'm struggling. Pray for me. Yeah. I wanted to keep it on that Ooh. surface level. I didn't want him he to ask me, and see yeah. what, what's the real issue, James? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I, 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 I got to that place the way I had to pour my heart out and I had to open that room, Marcus, mm-hmm. reluctantly. Yeah. But man, when I opened that room, the release. oh man, I began to weep mm-hmm. like something just lifted, you know. I got brothers right now, <clears> man. And and if, even if you hear this, my, you, you're probably not going to be like, oh, you're talking to me. <laughs> but I love you. Mm-hmm. But I know because I've been there before. Mm-hmm. So I know where you are when it comes to me and you. I mm-hmm. know why you 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 fade out sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and then you fade back in mm-hmm. and you fade back out. Because God allowed the Pastor Ricky's in my life, which my pastor, Pastor Ricky McClooney, um, you know, George Floyd's Pastor George Floyd's my uncle. You know what I'm saying? He he allowed them to speak into my life mm-hmm. to such a way to where I was finally able to give up that room. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, but I had to get to a place to where I was ready to make that change because otherwise I would come around and then I disappear for right at the right time. <laughs> I come around or, or I would try to mask and hide it, you know what I'm saying, a certain way. And so because they did that for me, I have to do it for my brothers. Mm-hmm. I, I can't help it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If I truly love you 
accountability has to be that's on right. the table. That's just the word. So right when there. we talk to each other, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to hear you out. I'll be your counselor for a little bit, mm-hmm. but just understand after I hear you out, you got to then turn around and get these solutions. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like worldly That's counseling right. where we sit down and, okay, I'm, just pour it out loud, <laughs> let me hear you, and mm-hmm. then let me tell you how great you are and how mm-hmm. you're going to overcome. You're all mm-hmm. right, and you're mm-hmm. better than this, and then you, you're on your way, pay me my money. No, yeah. when you come in and you dump all this fruit out, we're going to take it and throw it all in the garbage, and we're going to talk about how we can stop producing this bad fruit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We got to talk about the true underlining thing. And that's I know right. that that's why sometimes you fade away mm-hmm. because you don't want to hear it because Dang. you're still holding on to that thing. Mm-hmm. It's shame, part of it. Mm-hmm. But then part of it is just, I like it. Right. I don't right. really want to deal with it. I just want the weight that's, that, I done, that I done caused to come down on myself right. from exercise. Sometimes sometime we want to escape the consequences. Yes. yes. Not the act. Yes. Let me give a good example. Go ahead, Pastor. I want to have sex, mm-hmm. but I don't want the consequences. Oh, that's a deep dive. <laughs> you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, deep dive. I don't, and and I, and that's very surface. I know we could probably get get a little deeper. But another wow. thought that came to my mind, and when when I say that, I'm of course talking about premarital. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't want people to think I'm saying sex is wrong. Right, all right. Together. No, 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 no. Just when but, you do it out of the context. <clears throat> of right, the right. I just wanted to throw that out there as uh-huh. an example. But it's kind of like. Um, to go back to the thing of, I, lo- I love that analogy you you like to use, mm-hmm. the room. Mm-hmm. My mentor used to also, along with what I was saying about killing the root, kill the fruit, he also say, when you confess, I go back to the scripture in James, I don't remember chapter and verse verbatim, confess your faults one, one to, to another. another. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing it says. Then the second thing that follows with pray one for another. And then thirdly, it says that you may be healed. Mm-hmm. I think about it. Confess your faults one mm-hmm. to another, number one. Pray one for another, number two. That you may be healed, mm-hmm. number three. So we confess it. Confession does what? It opens the room. Mm-hmm. It brings it out of darkness mm-hmm. into light. Yep. When we keep things hidden and in darkness, and I'll never forget this. This is something he shared with me too. Mm-hmm. We give Satan legal access to function in our life. He has the legal right to operate. Mm-hmm. And that's where the oppression comes. Mm-hmm. The guilt. That's the where shame. the guilt, the shame, the hiding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even the pride. Right, right. Your pride can live there too. That's right. Pride. And it's at the root of, uh, of all it all. Yeah. You, you, mm-hmm. You're correct. You're correct. Mm-hmm. So. You know, once you get that thing out in the open, see, who is God? He's a God of light. Mm-hmm. So once you release it, it's out in the open, man, and healing comes. You don't have mm-hmm. to hide anymore. You don't have to hide. You know? Think about the killers and the, um, like, molesters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Many of them, you they do documentaries, and they mm-hmm. say, what caused you to do this? Uh, killers, who, uh, serial yeah, killers. Serial killers, yeah. And they talk about how them getting caught was the best thing that ever happened to them. Because it was like something was driving me to do this. Mm -hmm. Now I don't I'm I'm locked up and I don't I won't hurt anybody. And then they themselves be wanting to share the light. Let me tell you how and why I did Mm -hmm. these things Mm -hmm. according to whatever was in my head at the time. You know, it's just crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, man. But what's your thoughts on that, bro? It's just like like I said, you got to be ready to let go. Cause mm-hmm. like I was in an incident, my first marriage. Mm-hmm. I knew she wasn't right for me. It 
<laughs> she told me I prayed too much. <laughs> Sign, that was a telltale one. But <laughs> you couldn't tell me she wasn't right. Uh -huh. I had to figure it out for Nobody. myself. I had That's to see right. it for yeah. myself yeah. before mm -hmm. I came. Yeah. It's just, you got to be sick and tired of yeah. just... And, yeah, and be really ready for that change. You know, um, like you said, the, the analogy that that guy gave me, man, when he showed me that about myself, it it really was was like a light bulb was turned on. Because it, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not that I didn't know that I had issues, you know, but it's that I had got to the point to where I was justifying it with things like this. And we do this, people. We got to stop it. Um, you know, the God know my heart syndrome or the, well, you know, um, he, he know I'm not perfect. Ain't nobody perfect. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, no, the things that you can do, you're not doing it. You're doing some things that you want to do because you want to do them. But there's things that you can be doing that you're choosing not to do. You know what I'm saying? And so when he showed me that Every room in the house is mine. I, I can move about, but that room back there, you won't allow me in. And that mm -hmm. room is ruining the whole house. That's, That's that right. was the foundation for Satan to work in my the small life. Small foxes. You know what small I'm saying? Small foxes spoil the vine. The spoil the vine. vine. He was like a little leaven, leaven it the whole lump. He was like, that right there is mm -hmm. killing the whole thing. See, even mm -hmm. though all the other rooms are clean and looks nice and mm -hmm. all that stuff. He was like, but that back there, and he said, everybody don't have to know about it. Mm -hmm. But sooner or later, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. Yeah. The smell from that now, See, that's room. a whole nother truth. There's nothing hid that shall not be revealed. That's right. So that's another thing, too. When you're, when you're pacifying and protecting that little fuzzy, whatever you want to call it, back there in that room, <laughs> mm -hmm. that thing turns into a sweet, turn from a little sweet, cuddly hamster to a big, ferocious lion, yes. you know? Yes. And uh, and then once it, and the, the thing about it, when we don't, go ahead and deal with it on our own, then when it comes comes to surface, it comes with humiliation mm -hmm. and public shame. And you we've know. seen so many of our, dare I use the word, idols. I won't say mm -hmm. idols. I'll say, you know, people that we look uh, up to. Look up to. Well yeah, said. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen them have great falls, mm -hmm. many of them, yeah. because of this thing that started way back here with these, mm -hmm. these set of events. Mm -hmm. That just got pacified mm -hmm. over time to the point to where it could no longer be concealed. Yeah. And now, boom, it comes all out. And it looks really bad. Yeah. But it's like, no, this is not just one incident. This is years of stuff. It also is a manifestation of God's grace. Mm -hmm. The fact that it didn't come Kill to the surface you. early on. Yeah. Somebody said, well, why did the Lord allow them to get this big mm -hmm. and become so popular? And then this happened. I would argue yeah. that God is working with that person. That's right. That's he's right. showing grace and he's showing mercy saying, That's right. okay, you're still doing this, but I'm working with you. Mm -hmm. We're going to get you delivered, you yeah. know? And yeah. then it finally reaches that place. Sin, when it is finished, mm -hmm. brings Bring forth, forth death. death. Not not just physical death. Uh, it could be the death of your ministry, the career. death of your relationship, yep. the death of your marriage, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, you know, look, looking back at some of that stuff, you realize that, like you said, there's a pattern of behavior. Mm -hmm. It started a certain place. And mm -hmm. by the time it gets here, it looked like it all of a sudden all came out. But now nah, this mm -hmm. thing been there. You like you said, grace was there throughout throughout. Working. Working. I'll even say this too. At the beginning part, but then the mm -hmm. thing about it at the grace part at the end is it could have killed you. 
Mm-hmm. It could have taken you out mm-hmm. right in the midst of your stuff. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you were able to get to a point to where it's now the light is shining on it. Okay, now you have an opportunity to turn from because there's no reason to hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's out there now. So right. now what are you going to do? Are right. you going to allow God to, to deal with you mm-hmm. finally? Or are you going to find some kind of way to try to finagle back into that That's room? right. Man, you, uh, you preach. <laughs> you preach because I... I'm thinking about King David, you know, and that's another, there's, you know, so many different lessons mm-hmm. in this subject. Yeah. Um, even when mercy prevails, sometimes there's scars left mm. by sin. Mm. David, uh, the scripture said David was a man after God's own heart, but then David made some some bad decisions, some poor decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, we know the story, you know, the situation with Bathsheba and he gets caught, the prophet come and prophesy. He he exposes David's sin, and he told him, uh, my sword shall not depart from you. He said, you won't die. Now, the law said that because of what he did, he should have been stoned to death based mm-hmm. on the law, the Mosaic mm-hmm. law, mm-hmm. but because of who he was, because he had favor with God. Lord said, I'm going to spare your life. He said, but the sword will not depart from your house. Ooh. You know, the death of Absalom, the death of Amnar. Amnar raped his Tamar, uh, uh, raped not Amnar, Amnon Am, Am, raped yep. Tamar mm-hmm. and Absalom because he was angry with what his brother had did to his sister. He slew him. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. ultimately Absal- uh, Absalom was killed. So he lost two sons mm-hmm. and then had a daughter that the was vi- yep. uh, violated. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that Absalom tried to dethrone his own daddy. Yep. So, so mercy prevailed. Mm-hmm. And if you study it, his David's kingdom was restored. Mm. But he still suffered scars. Mm. So a lot of times God will deliver. He will bring you out. But sometimes there's the limp of Jacob just to remind yeah, us. Back you know? yeah. yeah, because yeah. what we talked about earlier and what my, my pastor addressed too, um, he said it like this. He said that you can do whatever you want, but mm-hmm. you don't get to choose the consequence. There you go, man. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I call that, it, I call that a babe roof. Yeah, right that, that's knock it out the park, baby. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, what are you saying, bro? Just the backlash. Yeah, the, the backlash, backlash don't always yeah. get you. That's right, That's because right. it's consequences. Reap the law of sowing mm-hmm. and reaping. If you believe in it, then even though God's grace and mercy is there, mm-hmm. there's still some stuff, some consequences that's, that's going right. to come. That's some right. Sowing, some sowing, some but from then the reap. There's a lot of beauty reaping from the sowing. There's a lot of beauty that God brings out of ugly situations, mm-hmm. like Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Bathsheba was born out of adultery, mm-hmm. but yet when Solomon said, "Who could find a virtuous woman?" Her price is far above rubies. Mm-hmm. Guess who he was talking about? He was talking about his mother. Wow. Who was his mother? Wow. His mother was Bathsheba. Bathsheba. So I'm just saying God can take an ugly situation and what, what's, the, what's the Isaiah, the beauty is mm-hmm. in the ashes. In the ashes, So yeah. I just kind of want to throw that in there so I don't want the listeners to feel like, wow, well, we, we beating us, man. It's, it's, it's all bad. Yeah, they're yeah. there for no condemnation. Like you, It's not right. to condemn, you know right. what I'm saying? But really, to, mm-hmm. for those of us who are trapped in that space, like mm-hmm. we, we're trying to get you to see just how ugly it can That's right. be. That's right. We don't want it to continue to take you you down that path. There you go. So as quickly as you can see it for what it is and repent and actually turn from, then the quicker you can get to the place where you're only dealing with scars and no longer dealing with the wound. The wine has had a song that captures it. It's good to know 
He'll be there if ever I fall. Mm -hmm. But it's better to know I don't have to fall at all. Facts right there, man. So, like, you know, I guess in a nutshell, man, you know, really for everybody that's listening, uh, especially our brothers, man, because, you know, we're brothers, so we relate to you guys, you Mm -hmm. know. Um and and we we all have similar stories. We've had similar struggles. You know, like, we've been through. Those I can things, tell some. You know, now, <laughs> you know. We 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 really want to to help you to see this thing for what it is. Um, I would never pull any of my brothers out and judge them as if God hadn't done things in my mm-hmm. life that He's done in my life and still doing things in my life, still helping me see what I need to see. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit there and act like I don't see certain things for what they are. Uh, we got to be able to call it to the light, um, but we got to do it in love too and in such a way that says, I too have experienced this, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so I want to share the same thing with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I, w- I would say this, the challenge is to see your idols for what they truly are and to really be honest with yourself mm-hmm. when it comes to your struggle. That's right. You got to be real with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? We can talk to pastors because anybody can talk to you, but mm-hmm. until we decide to deal with our issues, the idols in our lives, in our communities, right. where it comes from our, our past, Glory. you know what I'm saying? Uh, our worldview is shaped by these things. It might be an alcohol situation, a drug situation. A lot of times it's lust and money, uh, pride of life, whatever it is, whatever that idol is, you have to see it for what it is so that we can begin the process of putting it under the subjection of the word of God in a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that we can get mm-hmm. on the road to get down that path to get past and put that idol in its place. Yeah, because you can lie to me all day. You can't lie to yourself. You ain't gonna and lie God. to you and Come God. On. No, no. Yeah. You know, I guess you can get a point to where you can lie to yourself after a while. You yeah. start believing your own mess. But you ain't gonna lie to God. It's gonna keep convicting. It's gonna convict. There's an actual passage. I want to think it's in Peter where. It actually says deceiving ourselves. Mm, so yeah. we can fall prey to self-deception. Mm-hmm. You know, if we, we do a thing repetitively enough, after a while we get uh, comfortable with it. Paul mm-hmm. said, Paul calls it a seared conscience. Mm-hmm. When you first do it, you got a conscience. Oh, you're broken. Oh, my God, what did I do? Lord, forgive me. You do it the next time, you're kind of like, well, you know, things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and then... You do it. It's just you don't even think oh, well. You don't yeah. think your conscience yeah. is seared. Yeah. You know? it's yeah. crazy. Well, we got to put our idols under subjection of God, no matter what it is. I love basketball too, Pastor. I love sports, but I know how to put sports. You know, I don't think you like subjection. it like I do. I, I don't think you like it. <laughs> it's work for me, brother. Yeah, it's yeah. Work for you me. Got, you got to put it. At, you know, yeah. even the thought to mm-hmm. know that it's something that you deal with. That's right. That's a that's a victory all yeah. by itself. Is that man? You know, this is a thing. I got to. Oh, watch the Lord, he'll he'll give me a visitation sometime. I'm sitting there. I say, all right, Bron and Curry, get me to go at it. Uh-huh. I'm sitting there feeling good, and all of a sudden, it's like I can hear the small say, "Turn the TV off. I need for you to go in your room and pray." Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man, yeah. that's good. Well, uh-huh. um, you know, what I'm saying that's the that's the gist of what we really wanted to tackle today. Um, you know what I'm saying? Just addressing these items. We could get deeper with it and we may in, in future episodes because there's a uh, a political angle on that thing too that not to do play one side or the other, yeah. but just to really look at it for what it is in the grand scope of things as far as our, in relation to our society and, and uh, you know what I'm saying?
saying, and uh, you know, some of the powers that be in our in our political world, and why it's important to to recognize idols there as well. You know what I'm saying? Are you really on the side of what's best for the country, mm-hmm. or are you? you know, being under the influence of an idol that you built up and you're calling it uh, one one color or another or, uh, you know, one animal or the other. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So we could definitely, we, we'll talk about that another time. But I feel like we, you know, this show has been good. We, we've dealt with what we need to deal with. We've put some great things in the atmosphere. But before we go, we got to let my man pass, uh, Paris. Bravo. He got to give us something because <laughs> I know He's got something that he can learn us. Yeah, because I've been thinking. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, they tell me a tomato mm. is a fruit. Mm. So wouldn't that make ketchup a smoothie? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Well, wouldn't that make... <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know what to say to that, bro. bro. You, know you get a cold... Yeah, it's smooth. I mean, it's a preservative yeah. or something. I mean, it, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's something up in there, you know. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, a, that's good. a good one. That's a good one, bro. Yeah, that, that's interesting, though. I I, I remember for, when I first learned that, I was like, really? Because, you know, most of us think a tomato is a, a vegetable. Right. Yeah, but I remember learning that uh, tomato was a, yeah. a fruit. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, what's that? Uh, the V8. Juice, yeah, that be you know, it. I was like, man, this ain't nothing but tomato juice. The <laughs> <laughs> so smoothie in a can, yeah, <laughs> smoothie in a can. And another yeah. thing, how can you turn five into four without subtracting one? Wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute, hold on, slow that down, <laughs> slow that down for me now. Yeah. Say it again. How can you turn five into four without subtracting one? Well, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Well, if you got a five and you want to turn that five into four, you have to subtract one, no, right? You don't. How you spell five? <laughs> How you spell five? Four letters. No. How you spell five? F I V E. Take the F and the E off. What you got? Roman numeral four. Oh, he's getting deep, he deep on it. Well, you deep now. He making us wide eyed. I was about to start bring out the periodic table. Yeah, I'm like, well, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, we're going to have to, get, we got to say, Lord, we need your iron wisdom. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah, yes, sir. That's good stuff. Man, bro, that's. See, man, yeah. I can't do that with you, man. Now, did you come up with that when you looked that one up? Now, I be thinking, man. I, I get the thinking. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You learned in us something. Yeah, I'm going to learn you something. You learned us something, man. You learned us something. That's good stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. With ladies and gents, this has been another episode of Joint Airs. Airs, appreciate y'all, man, being in the building. Um, got, you know, followers, uh, social media. Uh, Joint Airs 817. That is Instagram and Facebook. And, uh, of course, we are on... Um, uh, YouTube as well. Right now, we're trying to populate a lot of episodes. So if you're looking it up on YouTube, type in Joint Airs OPAI Media, and that's O P A I Media, and uh, and that that'll usually pull up one of our episodes. And then you just follow us on YouTube as well. But until next time, God bless y'all. Peace. We'll see you. And I'm gonna keep right. thinking. Peace. Keep thinking. <laughs>